Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm your host, Jordan Hill. Got Kip Adams and Benjamin with me on this Thursday afternoon. And it's sort of a semi-breaking news podcast. We're we're a few hours at this point, less than a day removed uh, from the point of this podcast. And it is that Nick Saban has announced his retirement. That happened on Wednesday evening. First reported by ESPN's Chris Lowe that Saban, 72 years old, will not return to Alabama, stepping away after an incredible career at Alabama. Tons of success, tons of success in his career overall. Seven national titles, six of which he won at Alabama. Overall, 297 career wins through his various stops at the college level. So I want to do this podcast so we could sort of talk about the news, break it down, talk about it from an Alabama perspective, but also from how this affects the Georgia Bulldogs. I'm going to start with you, Kip. Where were you when you heard this news? And uh, just what were your immediate thoughts about Nick Saban deciding to retire? I mean, I'll be honest. I was still just scanning Falcons coaching news because as of the when the news broke, we had yet to leak out that we were interviewing anyone. And so all I was left with was, you know, Bill Belichick uh, 
responses. And so I was just waiting for any name, um, you know, out there. And so when it, when I saw it uh, from Chris Lowe, like I had the, I had to look through each letter of the, of the, the handle to make sure there wasn't a zero in there for, for the O, you know, an I in there for, for the L make sure that was his account. And then I still read it a couple more times, you know, had to kind of take it in because obviously this is not just the biggest college football news of the year. I mean, it's decade. You can just go back as far as you want. This is as big as it gets. Uh, and so uh, it, it's definitely the end of an era. And I just spent the next, the rest of the night, you know, trying to take it all in and think back and so many memories of how he shaped the sport and, you know, kind of made it what it is um, for the most part, what it is now. Uh, so there, I mean, this is definitely one of those moments where, you think about where you were at, at that time. Um, and yeah, I, I uh, can't think about what this sport is going to be like without him, but um, the impact is just, you know, off the charts as far as what Nick Saban brought to college football. Ben, what about you? Where were you when you heard the news and what were your immediate thoughts? Yeah, I was actually on the phone with a true story. I was on the phone with an Alabama fan as I read Chris Slow's tweet. Um, and much like the person on the other side of the phone, they did not believe me. I did not necessarily believe that it was the real Chris Lowe. I think I did what probably everyone did said, hey, can I make, let me confirm that this is the real clip Chris Lowe that this is coming from. Um, shocking. I mean, I think that it's one of those things. It, it's weird because we've talked about this happening for what 10 years now for 10 years people have said oh the time's coming this is the year this is when it's happening and i think we all probably reached a point where it's all right it's never going to happen or when it does happen it's just going to you know it's going to be so far off that it's ridiculous how long we had the conversation and then it kind of happens and it makes you wonder you know what what was it really that, that made him realize that now is the time? Because I don't think that anyone believes that, you know, he was any further away from being able to find success in this sport. Um, you know, I'm sure that it probably hurts Georgia folks a little bit, but I'm, I think it's, you know, fitting ending for him to probably upset Georgia in some senses in the last chance that they have the opportunity to play together. I assume that he probably knew in that moment and we've all seen the clips of him and kirby smart before the sec championship game and i'm sure um nick saban knew in that moment i don't know whether or not kirby smart knew in that moment or not but it's definitely one of those clips you look back on and you say all right i mean it was sort of a fitting way for it all to go down with those two sort of de facto passing the torch from one another um you know, it's just weird. It's weird. I really never thought it's one of those things. I never thought that we would be doing this podcast. I never thought that the day would come that Nick Saban would actually step away from Alabama. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and just to sort of talk about my experience, it was funny. So Georgia men's basketball played 9 p.m. Eastern time tip. And we'll talk about that at the very end. But I have the the wherewithal about myself. I'm not a night owl. I was like, I'm going to take a nap because I'm going to crash before this game if it's going to be that late. I'm not kidding you guys. I woke up and I was kind of getting up, getting ready to go, and was just looking at my phone, and then Chris Lowe's tweet popped up. And I did the exact same thing you guys did, and I'm sure everybody did, was make sure that was his account. And I even, if you go back and look at where I posted on the board, I made it a point to say, you know, we don't know if Chris Lowe's been hacked. Like, I just, I did not, you know, I want to make it clear, you know, that anything could happen because that 
But, it, you know, with it being Chris Lowe, I thought there was a pretty good chance that it was legit once we figured out that was his handle. And, yeah, it's just – it's sort of bizarre to think about, you know, when you've – you know, especially if you're, like, my age and Ben's age, you know, we were really probably watching the sport more than ever when Alabama came to prominence under Nick Saban. And, you know, I wrote a column about this on Wednesday. I'm sure there are Georgia fans across the country who are celebrating, you know, maybe popped a little champagne knowing, oh, we don't got to deal with Nick Saban anymore. But I feel like he was a really important part of Georgia and their story and what they've done and, and being able to win that national title. And I wrote this in the column. If Georgia had beaten anybody else for that first national title, everybody, including Georgia fans, would have still had the, well, they still can't beat Alabama. Yeah, we've won this national title, but we still have to beat Alabama. And I think that it only added to that national title. And uh, I want to make sure I mention Kirby Smart was on the radio 929 The Game this morning talking about Nick Saban. Just wanted to share what he had to say. Uh, Kirby said he had a huge impact on my career, first of all. A lot of respect for him as a coach and as a person and as a man. I mean, what he and Miss Terry have meant to really the game of football, but especially to Tuscaloosa, they've been incredible. I mean, he put a lot of coaches through his coaching factory. I can assure you that he's really good at what he does. And from what I hear, he was still working and coaching to the last minute. Uh, Kirby talked about he was sort of shocked, but, you know, he really appreciated the fact that, you know, Nick could go out on his own terms. And a piece of this that I think is interesting, you know, we talk about his decision. If he was going to pick a time to leave, I do think this is the right time. You know, you're getting ready for a big change. Texas and Oklahoma coming in the SEC, a 12-team playoff, a lot of new things. I think it makes sense if you are going to pick a time, and even if it's been on your mind, I can kind of see Nick looking around and saying, this is about as good of a time as any to call a career, let someone else step in here and take the reins. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I think that it's hard not to look at the times in college football right now and wonder whether Nick Saban kind of as is as fed up with it as a lot of other folks are. And just knowing the, the waters that he's having to navigate in are just different than they were. And to your point, going to a 12 team era with a much bigger SEC, it's just if the time was ever to happen, it's now because to your point, if he gets into it a couple of years into this new era, the way that he's wired, he probably digs his teeth fully into it for an extended period of time beyond that. So the timing probably did work out well for him, but I, I keep, I've said out loud to, to myself multiple times over the last 24 hours. I can't believe Nick Saban retired. Like I've actually had to verbalize it out loud multiple times. I think goat dog on uh, YouTube uh, is sharing the sentiments that I think a lot of Georgia fans are. We put meat on the grill all weekend, fellas, which, I, again, I get it. you know. And I had family members who are huge Georgia fans who were texting me just elated. And I get it. But, you know, you got to give Nick Saban his credit and props for what he's done. And I can't help but think, you know, he's retiring. Bill Belichick is no longer with the Patriots. Uh, Pete Carroll, you know, out with the Seahawks. I thought about the, the joke from, like, the early 2000s as, like, you know, we have Bob Hope and Johnny Cash. Now we have no hope, no cash. I can't remember the other the other name that's in that. But it's just it's a changing of the guard in football in general. And it's just it's kind of wild to see. Let's talk about this for a little bit from the Georgia perspective. And I'm gonna start with you, Ben, just more so on the recruiting side of things. How do you feel like this affects Georgia, knowing that 
you know, Alabama's not going to go away, and we're going to talk about who we think could wind up in that job. But it is going to look very different without Nick Saban. And, you know, what could that do? What kind of effect could that have for Georgia when it comes to recruiting these future classes? Well, and this might be a slightly controversial comment, but I would say Georgia's probably won more recruiting battles against Alabama than it's lost over the last three years. So just recently or in recent history, I feel like Georgia has probably sort of, no no pun intended, but sort of turned the tide in terms of who has the upper hand in those recruiting battles more often than not. I think without knowing who Alabama's going to hire yet. It's really hard to say what specifically it means for recruiting. And I'm sure we'll talk about potential candidates and things like that for Alabama as well. But when Greg Byrne put out his statement last night, he led with recruiting and relationship building as the number one thing that he's going to be looking for from the next hire. You would assume that they're going to hire somebody that is very successful from a recruiting standpoint in this era, which the list of those names is relatively limited. I don't know exactly whether Alabama can just handpick who it is that they want. Um, but from a Georgia standpoint, like I, I, I really, it's hard for me to say until I know who they hire. Like if they go and hire someone that Georgia's had a bunch of recruiting battles against, like, and again, I'm sure we're going to throw out names and this is just a purely hypothetical like Steve Sarkeesian, for instance, not someone that I think has any reason to take the Alabama job whatsoever, but he has won recruiting battles against Georgia recently. He knows what it takes to recruit at a high level in this league. So I think that if someone like that gets hired at Alabama, it probably softens the blow for Alabama in terms of retaining their current roster, but also just diving headfirst into the 2025 recruiting class. I don't think it's as easy as that because I think, the pool of candidates that you want to hire probably isn't as readily available as it once was because in the NIL space, a lot of schools have, have their stuff figured out in terms of how they can build really, really good rosters. It's not just, you know, I feel like in the past it's been one or two, three schools that really have the organization in place to be able to recruit at the level that you need to. I think the number of schools that have that now in this NIL era is greater. And so you look at someone like Dan Lanning that's already turned down the Alabama job. You look at, you know, a guy like Steve Sarkeesian. I don't know that the Alabama job is that much better than some of these jobs and these, you know, at this point in time that you know you're going to go hire a surefire top-of-the-line recruiter. If they do that, I don't think it really changes a whole lot. But if they don't do that, I think that Kirby Smart's probably licking his chops right now knowing that one of his – biggest recruiting competitions, but without question, really his only on-field competition over the last several years is no longer there. And I'll just go ahead and say this for the Georgia fans listening. Don't anticipate or don't see a world where Kirby Smart is a candidate for this job. You know, I've had a few people ask, well, hey, what's Kirby's buyout? I don't think he's leaving his alma mater to go replace Nick Saban. Kip, the same question to you that I asked Ben uh, what do you think this does for Georgia? Any effect at all, um, maybe more so on the recruiting side, that Nick Saban is no longer the head coach of the Crimson Tide? Yeah, obviously, like Ben said, we have to wait and see who the coach is. And uh, I think you just kind of look at the recruiting rankings. You see Alabama right there behind, you know, Georgia. Texas is right there as well. Um, obviously, Dan Lanning saying no. Oregon at number six. So, Really, I mean, uh, Mike Norvell, Florida State, number 10. So outside of two candidates, 
you're going to get a guy who's not currently recruiting at a top 10 level for his program. So there's a huge chance for a lot of change there. But recruiting's now just become like an individual. I mean, the elite players at each position, uh, NIL is a huge presence for, you know, like wide receivers, a lot of the skill position, definitely quarterback. You have to kind of work in the margins. You have to get the, you know, the elite players at maybe other positions, you know, linemen uh, coming out of high school. Uh, you have to really figure out what your priorities are in recruiting uh, with NIL. And I, I just think that there are a lot of variables involved with that. I'm just kind of interested because I kind of look at it as a, you know, maybe like the end of a Cold War type of thing where Nick Saban made Kirby Smart the coach he is. Uh, the fact that, you know, he pushed him when he was an assistant to the, you know, to as hard as you can. And then as a head coach, the, you know, he continued to chip away at him. And, and Kirby Smart made Nick Saban a better coach by doing the same thing when he got to Georgia. You know, uh, winning recruiting battles in the state of Alabama or winning recruiting battles, period, that Nick Saban didn't lose. Um, I, I think they drove each other to be better coaches uh, the last seven years, seven, eight years. Uh, and I think it's, uh, you know, I'm watching a show uh, on Apple for all mankind, you know, where, where you're in an alternate reality where the space race continued. Uh, and just look at all the technological advances that came from that, similar to the Cold War. When you're pushing each other as, as hard as you are, uh, there's positives to come from that. And so now, who is going to push Kirby Smart? Will it be a coach? Will it just be college football, the landscape itself? And, you know, the the fact that it's uh, the calendar it just never goes away. You know, that's kind of the interesting thing here. I think, obviously, this is good news for Georgia. The biggest competition is out of the way. But you're not sure whether the next coach is going to keep Alabama at that level. So um, is Kirby Smart going to have that same motivation if, uh, you know, college football has one less competitor for him, if it becomes easier for him to have the success he has, if he starts winning recruiting battles that maybe Nick Saban would have won before, um, you, you know, he's already made the comment and he made it with Nick Saban talking about how long he plans on coaching. Uh, you know, and so when you see that your mentor step aside after beating you, um, you know, I, I think that there, there's a change involved there that maybe we're not really projecting right now. We're just thinking, OK, now that the goat is gone. Kirby Smart can take that next step uh, and be that next guy. And he might be able to. He's better prepared than any coach in college football. He won his first national championship when he was, I think, five years younger than than Saban won his first. So I, I think he's he's well set up for it. But Nick Saban left because he knew that this isn't the college football he walked into. And he evolved so many times. And I think he he got to his final form and said, I can't evolve anymore. It's up to Kirby Smart to figure out if he's going to be able to continue to evolve in a very different landscape than Saban dominated. And so that's kind of the real question right now from a recruiting standpoint and from a transfer portal standpoint. Kirby's roster, I mean, it's the best roster in college football right now. So, uh, you know, I think those are kind of marginal uh, improvements that can be made in recruiting. If you're going down Alabama's roster right now and you're just seeing which guys are we going to pick apart in the next 30 days? I mean, there's one, <laughs> there's not a lot of room on Georgia's roster. Those things figure themselves out, but uh, there, you know, there aren't a lot of positions right now where Georgia can really, get a lot better. I mean, their roster from top to bottom is arguably better than Alabama's right now. So uh, I, I think 
going to, you know, you can celebrate, uh, definitely, you know, grill as much as you can this weekend and, and enjoy this, this end of an era, uh, for, for being good news for Georgia overall. But I, I think that kind of that impact is, is probably not as, as big as you expected to be. Yeah, I think it's all going to depend, as we talked about, on who they hire. And I saw someone in the comments asking about who could Georgia go get from that roster. You know, I think it's going to depend on who they hire because a lot of those guys may decide to stay put. And I uh, wanted to mention, too, you know, I wrote this in the column on Wednesday. More than anything, it's just going to be so surreal to be in Tuscaloosa in September when Georgia plays and to look out there and to see somebody who is not Nick Saban on that sideline. It, it just really doesn't feel real. We're going to take a quick break, come back, and throw out some names that we think uh, could be in the mix at Alabama and uh, you know, try to figure out what's going to happen with this coaching search. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Well, as Ben mentioned earlier, on Thursday, Dan Lanning announced that he is not leaving Oregon. He is staying put. I believe at one point he was the betting favorite to replace Nick Saban. So, guys, let's give our predictions of who gets this job. Not necessarily who would be our top candidates, but who we think will wind up replacing Nick Saban. Before we do that, a little piece of history. I'm going to put you guys on the spot. Can either of you name who replaced Bear Bryant as Alabama head coach? No shot. 
Man. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm drawing a complete blank right now. I looked at it yesterday because I was looking at you want to be the guy after the guy after the guy. And I, I thought, you know, the 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 list of coaches were not memorable at all. And so I don't know if you want to be any of those guys. Uh, that was my last thoughts. But I cannot remember. Ray Perkins is a coach for from 83 to 86 did not go well. I think Bill Curry replaced him. And like Kip just said, you kind of want to be the guy after the guy after the guy. Cause that was just Stallings who won a national title and kind of had that run where Alabama was relevant again for the first time since bear. So I sort of bring that up to say, I think there's going to be a lot of people who pass on this job, just as Dan Lanning did on Thursday. I think that the expectations, I don't, other than when Bear Bryant was replaced, there's really no comparison to me of the expectations a coach is going to be stepping into replacing a legend like Nick Saban. So I'll go first, guys. I'm going to say Washington head coach Kalen DeBoer is the next Crimson Tide head coach. He's had a lot of success. I think the job he did this year has gotten a lot of people's attention. Uh, I think really more than anything, uh, would need to work really hard to bring Ryan Grubb, his offensive coordinator, with him. Somebody that Nick tried to hire this offseason, uh, wound up staying at Washington, then he hires Tommy Reese instead. Uh, but I think Alabama's going to swing for the fences and go after some big names like a Dan Lanning, um, you know, like some of the other guys, Steve Sarkeesian at Texas. But I think a lot of people are going to look at their situation and compare it to what you're walking into in Tuscaloosa and just say, I'm, I'm not taking that. And, you know, could wind up getting pay bumps at where they're at, which I think is the best situation for some of those guys. But I want to say Kalen Bohr gets the job, comes over from Washington, uh, doesn't have the regional ties, which I do think would be a little interesting. Uh, but in today's day and age, I don't think it's quite as dire. Uh, it would just be on him to hire some really good assistants around him. All right, Kip, who do you think winds up replacing Nick Saban? Yeah, I really like that pick, just except for the southeastern footprint. I mean, you're coming in to Alabama, you're coming into SEC. I get it, NIL plays a big factor, but as far as connecting uh, with recruits in the southeast, I just think it's going to be such a you know a, a tough sell. And I was looking at the, you know, when Saban was hired, Mike Shula was fired on uh, November 27th. Saban wasn't hired until January 3rd. I mean, how did Alabama fans even survive 37 days of not knowing who their coach was going to be? I guess it, they were just in the misery pit already. Uh, it's been one day. And they, and I think there's a lot of reaction right now probably about landing and you never knew that where he was in the board guys. Yeah. I mean, like, I know, I don't know how many Alabama fans are watching this right now, but I'm just saying if any Georgia fans have any Alabama fans that they have any, uh, you know, care in the world about, they want to make them feel slightly better before uh, making cracking more jokes. You have to let them know that, you know, landing was just a guy that everyone said made sense. Um, that has nothing, you know, I, I think that the administration in Alabama had a plan in place, has had a plan in place for a long time, has had input uh, from Nick Saban. And if you're going to kind of put it out there that this is going to be a 72-hour thing, that, you know, something might happen, I guess at, if we're counting that, it happened yesterday at four, broke. So Saturday afternoon, 
Uh, I don't think that's a situation where you're just going to go out there and run through 10 candidates and, you know, and not know who your guy is going to be. For me, my line of thinking is, who is this actually going to improve their situation? You mentioned, you know, Deborah, you mentioned Sarkeesian. Like, those guys have really good situations right now. They're set up. Like, Dan Lanning, you, you look at it and go, it makes sense, but why leave Oregon? Like, you were set up with the fast track for the college football playoff for the next decade where you're at right now. And obviously, uh, at Oregon, the money's not going to be an issue either. And so, for me, I'm thinking, who just got screwed? Uh, you know, and that's Mike Norvell. Uh, he sees the situation at Florida State right now as untenable. If I go undefeated and I don't make the playoff, what's the point of me being here? And so, I, and you look at him rebuilding that program in four years. I mean, they had three wins his first year, and they should have been the. You know, they they did everything they could to be in the college football playoff. Um, I, I think. He has he doesn't have SEC experience, but he shows he can build a program. Um, he's young. The buyout obviously won't be an issue. He's recruiting in this and you know in the southeast. I think he makes the most sense as someone where they know um, you know they, I, they know he'll say yes and they know that he's right there with the other top choices and, and I, I, I makes a lot of sense too, but I mean, their quarterback just announced he's coming back. So it's kind of like he probably his you know, his people probably were like wanting an answer from Sarkeesian before making that announcement. So the timing for me seems a bit off, although he can announce that and transfer to Alabama next week if we wanted to, because that's just the landscape. Um, but I think as of right now, uh, that's who makes the most sense of someone Alabama can get. Cause I think everyone thinking that Alabama can get anyone. Uh, it's just the job is you have to be completely fearless and have that type of mindset that you can come in and follow the greatest coach of all time. And I just don't think that even though these guys have, you know, the egos, their confidence, I think at the end of the day, they, they look at that and go, that job, no matter who they hire, fans are going to be disappointed. You can't hire anyone where people, someone isn't going to be like, why didn't, you know, he's not good enough. And so if, if people are going to say you're not good enough on day one, no matter what, uh, you know, then that probably eliminates uh, a lot of the guys at the very top of the coaching tree right now. Ben, who do you think winds up coaching Alabama in 2024? I've been grappling with this big time because I, I think Greg Burns' statement and leading with recruiting, and again, I realize recruiting is obviously a part of it, but him coming out there and in the first two sentences saying recruiting and relationship building is going to be you know, the primary reason or factor that I'm going to be factoring in here. The options are pretty limited. If that's your, if you're, that's your important criteria, there's not a ton of elite recruiters out there. It's like I'm looking at the top – you know, 10, 15 in the 24 seven sports team rankings. And it's like, there's some coaches with ties to Alabama that sort of makes sense. But to Kip's point, I think you got to ask the question, like, do they view the Alabama job in its current state as a better job than what they currently have? And for like Starkeesian and for instance, at Texas, I think it's a no brainer. Texas is a better spot to be in right now. I mean, Cristobal is one the name that I haven't heard mentioned at all, but it's like, if you get down the list and you're looking for elite recruiters, is that possible? Like, Hugh Freeze would be hilarious. Keep um, going. 
Ellie would be hilarious. Brent Venables, actually, I'll say I have a tweet from five years ago saying that Brent Venables would be the next Alabama head coach. I don't think that's going to happen, but if it does, you'll see that tweet. If it doesn't happen, you'll never see it. Um, but I, I lean towards what Kip's saying here. When you look at all those teams, how many of them are in situations where they feel like it is a significant upgrade or it's a better job for them to go to Alabama? The list is pretty thin. And I think right now you look at the state of the ACC – compared to the SEC and the Big Ten. And I think that any coach that is a big-time college football coach or considers them as such is going to do whatever they can to get into the SEC or the Big Ten at the first opportunity that they can get. Mike Norvell is the prime candidate there because of what he's done this season, the recruiting chops that he has shown at times. I still think that's a really risky hire for Alabama, but – you're replacing Nick Saban. Every hire that you make is going to be a risky hire. So if they're not going with that top group of, you know, so-called elite recruiters in college football, like maybe they dip into the NFL ranks like they've done in the past. I don't know. But if recruiting is important to you, there's only a couple names that I feel like would take that job that are interested. I don't know why anyone in the NFL would go to college football right now. It's such a, it's an easier job being an NFL coach right now. Uh, and you actually have somewhat of an off season, but uh, to your point, I guess if you're going on the list, I mean, we haven't brought up. I mean, Kiffin, and that's the one guy who's the true wild card of wild cards who would have that mindset. Uh, he's the one guy who would not, he wouldn't care, uh, doesn't really care what people think, uh, and I, I think that's the one guy. If it's not Norvell, uh, Kiffin would make the most sense. Just because, uh, I mean, he could tweet he's not leaving the second before he leaves. And, I mean, he already has nine tweets, uh, you know, already scheduled for when he gets to Tuscaloosa. So, I think that's that's kind of the, the one X factor of X factors that uh, if you just want to, you know, watch the world burn, you, you give Kiffin that job and just step back and go, I had no idea this was going to happen two years from now whenever, you know, college football is just turned completely upside down by, you know, his tenure with the Crimson Tide. I'm, I'm Imagine, you Go ahead. Go ahead, Ben. Well, I just saw Russ Henry here in the comment section. I don't want to detour this too much, but I'm curious, how many coaches do you think are ahead of Glenn Schumann? Like, at what point, how many no's does Alabama get before they say, all right, we're willing to take the chance and it, it might be a year or two too early for Glenn Schumann, but I also think that he's wired in a way where if he gets, you know, if he gets an Alabama job, he's going to take it and run with it. I think Schumann set up to be the guy after the guy. I mean, I think that's exactly where his timeline is, whether that's still at Georgia or whether going to another program and having some success there. I think as of right now, he is definitely set up to be, you know, if 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 whoever takes this job doesn't go on a decade long run, uh, I think uh, Schumann is definitely set up to to be the guy. That, you know, after this guy crashes and burns, I think Kip's right, and I think that I would have to imagine Greg Byrne is hesitant to hire someone who's never been a coach before. That doesn't mean it couldn't work. Uh, Georgia did that with Kirby Smart, but it seems like a pretty big risk replacing Nick Saban. But it could be a situation where a lot of people pass on this job. And they say, all right, we're going to get a guy that's been here and was part of that success and, and turn it over to Glenn Schumann. I want to say, too, yeah, I like the Mike Norvell pick a lot. He was someone I had as some of my one of my top candidates. But imagine going back in time to that time that Jacksonville State, you know, which is in Alabama, beat Florida State. Like you could time travel and say, 
hey, that guy's going to be the guy that replaces Nick Saban. I would just love to, to have the ability to have done that. Before we get out of here, yeah, go ahead, Kip. Well, if, if you're going full circle on that, who's the head coach at Jacksonville State right now? Rich Rodriguez. And so that's that is the complete time is you know a full circle right there. Uh, he's the reason all this is happening right now. So uh, again, thanks to Rich Rod for turning the Alabama job down. Um, maybe you get to say that in the end, you know, you set him up for success a, a second time. Uh, you know, and beating the the future head coach of Alabama football uh, in the year 2023. Uh, that, I mean, that would that would be incredible. Just uh you know, just to have that connections. There's just so many connections between the coaches. Just the fact that, you know, Pete Carroll was like uh, yesterday and Nick Saban followed him at Ohio State. Uh, just the fact that uh, Pete Carroll went to Ohio State uh, for the defensive coordinator job in 1980. And who was the coach there at the time? I mean, it was it was Monty Kiffin. And so there's just all, all the, the different levels and connections to this. This is like the coaching tree in college football. So uh, good luck to Alabama. Uh, you know, uh, if, you, if you're going to go to, you know, your option three and option four, we're all here for it. Uh, this is what we've kind of all been waiting for because um, you've had the run of runs over the last, what, 17 years. And, and now uh, – you get the experience in the social media age uh, what it's like to not go to sleep knowing you have the greatest coach in college football, uh, you know, in your program. So uh, good luck, guys. I've, I've been playing the game with myself of what could be the funniest hire that, that Alabama could make. And I hadn't even it hadn't occurred to me, Hugh Freeze, until we were on this. And I was just going down that list and mentioned his name because that would be pretty pretty funny but i've landed on dan mullen but i'm curious to know who else what what you all have landed on that would be funnier than that let me let me set it up because i was going to do this before we close the podcast you know what about a former saban assistant played in the state of alabama coached in the state of alabama for quite a while had a heisman winning quarterback from the state of alabama won a national title was the first nick saban assistant to beat Nick Saban, just missed the playoff in 2020 in that very, very weird year. Jimbo Fisher is the <laughs> next head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide. I mean, I had a real thought about this yesterday with Jimbo. It's like people would laugh that thought off immediately, and then the more you think about it, it's like, well, is there is there anybody that knows how to build a program better than him that would be just openly willingly to jump on that opportunity immediately? Like it's, I, I did the same thing. I laughed. I was like, man, that would be hilarious. And then it's like, wait a minute, Jimbo Fisher in a weird way might make sense when it's all said and done. I think the last hey, I looked, you, you had a hundred, hundred to one odds, same odds as Jim Harbaugh. So get in there at, while you can right now, if you can get those odds now. Um, I think that was the same as Kirby smart as well. So, uh, jump on it now. I, I like it. Jimbo Fisher. Let's, let's put that out there. Hey, I'm just going to throw this out there too. Think about when, you know, a guy went from Texas A&M to Alabama. That's what Bear Bryant did. I'm telling you, there's, there's a path there to success. Uh, Kip, is there somebody that steps out, you know, stands out to you, I should say, uh, as far as what would be the funniest thing Alabama could do? Goodness. I mean, uh, I think, as far as just making me laugh, uh, just the fact that, uh, you know, Butch Jones, 
Um, you know, if we're talking about like just redemption story, a guy that uh, I think doing fairly well at Arkansas State has already, you know, had been in the Southeast. Um, if if you bring Butch Jones back to the SEC, um, I mean, I, I, the only way you can really build Alabama back up is going brick by brick. And uh, so I, I think, I think he's the, he's the guy that I would, I would get on board just because um, I think we'd all be better for it. Uh, you know, uh, memes have come a long way since the last time he was the head coach at Tennessee and I just, I just think that he has what it takes. You know, bring in Jim McElwain as well. Uh, those are guys that we need to get some, some of these guys back in the conference because the last couple of years, I think, been kind of tame. Uh, you know, uh, just kind of a blue collar attitude. Uh, not a lot of like outbursts. I, I think we need to get back, guys back in here to get this thing rolling because it feels like Lane's just been talking to himself the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, I, I want this to be as, as close to WWE as you can get it. Um, so uh, some of these guys that have, have had those kind of moments in the conference before, uh, if Alabama misses on 12 or 13 guys and somehow Schumann says no as well, uh, we can start to get to those levels. And, I mean, Georgia fans will all be better for it if things like this happen. So let's just, again – I'm sure they'll have a great hire in the next couple of days. And, you know, they'll have a lot of uh, the energy will be at a high level the next 30 days. The, you know, recruiting will have the boost. But until that happens, let's let's just let them kind of uh, let's just let this marinate a little bit and put the energy out there that you heard on this podcast that, you know, Butch Jones, Jimbo Fisher are serious candidates for the Alabama job. Shout out uh, BML as well on YouTube. Ray Perkins would be a hilarious hire for Alabama. <laughs> yeah, rest in peace, Ray Perkins. Uh, <laughs> uh, before we get out of here, Georgia Men's Basketball Minute. A lot going on and uh, in uh, you know, a lot of good things, I should say, happening for the Bulldogs. Beat Arkansas 76-66 to on Wednesday night. Guys, Georgia is 12-3 and so far. 2-0 and in SEC play for the first time in a decade, very in a very impressive performance against the Razorbacks. Never tripped in that game led for like 39 minutes and two seconds of the 40 minutes. Things are going in the right direction for Georgia. This is their longest win streak since 1948 when Ralph Shug Jordan, the guy who's most known for his time as Auburn's football coach, was Georgia's basketball coach. So things are going really well. Georgia hosts Tennessee at noon. On Saturday, I would encourage anyone around Athens, if you can get a ticket, go. But I think it's going to be a really fun game. And for the second straight game, Georgia plays a team that is coming off a loss. And they handled that really well to raise their backs. Time will tell if they can do that against the number five volunteers. Before we get out of here, Kip, I mentioned that uh, before we started recording, I really made a mistake when we recorded on Wednesday by not bringing up the fact that the Atlanta Falcons job is now open. So I want to hear from you before we get out of here. Who is your pick? Who do you want to be the next Atlanta Falcons head coach? Well, I'd love, uh, obviously, Ben Johnson with the Detroit Lions is the pick a lot of people really like. Um, I think you have to find kind of that happy medium between a, a, an up-and-comer uh, as far as 
not having head coach experience and then also realize that Arthur Smith is not the youngest uh, owner out there right now. The the medium for me, I'll be honest, uh, Todd Monken with the Baltimore Ravens. I, I just think that, that he kind of makes the, the most sense. You need a guy who actually is a credible offensive coordinator, not a glorified O-line tight ends coach who then comes in who doesn't bring in a quarterback's coach. And, and so – Having gone through that w- with Arthur Smith, I-, I think Todd Monken makes the most sense knowing that the Falcons are a top three job overall when you look at uh, what's available on the roster, uh, the offensive weapons, uh, who better to actually unlock Kyle Pitts and you know make him maybe look like he was worth a top five pick than Todd Monken and what he he's done with the tight end position. So uh, knowing that he, there's no chance the Falcons actually end up with him. Um, I've already made peace. The fact that will be Bill Belichick because those guys are basically the same age right now. And, and so they probably uh, you already had people, um, you know, mailing each other to tell each other they were interested using whatever forms of communication you use at that age. And so you have to go through your stages of grief and just and just know that whoever the top three people are, like the guys I just mentioned, uh, just go ahead and strike them off the list because there's zero chance they're the head coach of the Falcons. And again, once you make peace with that, you, you can go ahead and, and move on and know that uh, the, the coach that brought the most pain uh, to the Falcons uh, will be their head coach moving forward. Arthur Blank is the reason that stamp prices keep going up is what I've learned from this conversation. And yeah, my only thing with Todd Munkin, I don't want that for him as a longtime Falcons fan. Why would you wish ill on that man? That is the meanest thing you could do is to want him to be the Falcons coach. Ben Johnson is the guy I like. I'd obviously be very excited uh, if it was Todd Munkin. Ben, I, I don't even really know. Are you a Falcons fan? Do you have any any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you can call it if you can call it that, I guess you could say so. I mean, I, I'm a supporter of Atlanta sports. Um, Dad hired Nick Saban. Pretty easy. About the same NFL age as Belichick. Yeah. NFL experience. Maybe he'll bring Kirby Smart as his defense coordinator. Has a has a home in the state of Georgia. Why not? You heard it from Ben Wolk first, folks. We will wrap up the episode right there. I appreciate Kip and Ben for popping on. Appreciate everyone who watched this live, everyone who is listening to this after the fact. Be sure to go to dogs247.com to subscribe. We'll have all Georgia-related content when it comes to this Alabama coaching search on there, and we will have reactions as that job is hired, and we'll have reactions over what looks like it's going to be a very big weekend for Georgia recruiting, a lot of players coming in and visiting this weekend. Also go to Dogs247 on YouTube. You can watch all these podcast episodes, Mike White interviews, Georgia men's basketball interviews, and then once we get to spring ball, Kirby Smart press conferences and player interviews there as well. So for Kip Adams and Benjamin Wolk, I am Jordan Hill. Until next time, take care, everybody.